Hello, supply chain pros, business buffs, and the technologically curious. This is Joe Davis, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, welcoming you to the fascinating world of supply chain planning and design. You're listening to the premiere episode of Gains On, a top-tier podcast sponsored by Gains, the masterminds behind supply chain planning, design, and optimization solutions that ensure that our customers can keep their promises. In Gains On, we'll be decoding the cryptic, simplifying the complex, and injecting a little fun into the nitty-gritty world of supply chains. Whether you're an industry titan, a newbie just testing the waters like me, or simply curious, this podcast is set to be your trusty roadmap. In our inaugural episode, we have with us Jeff Matursky as our guide, the charismatic VP of Solution Strategy at Gaines, who is always ready to share his wealth of knowledge and insights. Today, we're exploring the heart-thumping topic of the next supply chain crisis. <laughs> Sounds like a direct-to-video Nicolas Cage action movie, doesn't it? Well, fear not, dear listener, because we're here to unravel the enigma, all while keeping things light and lively. So you supply chain pros, tighten those earbuds, get that coffee brewing, and brace yourselves for a ride through the exhilarating avenues of supply chains. Welcome to Gains On. Welcome, Jeff. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. It's, it's a real pleasure to talk to you as well. So, uh, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about this week is um, the next supply chain crisis. So, you know, I, just a little bit of a background, right? Um, I have nothing to do with supply chain. I have no <laughs> supply chain experience. And so I'm sort of learning as we go. So I had this idea to start a podcast where I would exploit one of the very bright people who works for Gaines to sort of give me a, uh, uh, a kind of like auditing on the job training. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know very little, you know, a whole lot. And, uh, the folks listening, I imagine are both ends of that spectrum. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's chat. So, so tell me a little bit about, about your experience in supply chain and sort of laid out mine. Yeah. So, um, I'm on the other end of the spectrum, which I guess is why we're talking. Um, so yes. I've, been, I've been doing this now for a little over 35 years. Um, it's all been focused in a variety of different things around supply chain from being in industry, working at General Motors and IBM, uh, to being in a variety of different software companies uh, that are in the supply chain planning and design space, uh, among them being i2 Technologies and Mamasoft. Uh, I've also been on the consulting side where in the early 2000s, I was one of the co-founders of a supply chain management consultancy called Chainalytics that's based here down in Atlanta, where I live. Um, And so now I'm looking at expanding the overall strategy, the overall solution footprint of what we do at Gains to help customers make better decisions. What I thought I would do is uh, just some sort of something I was thinking about, right, in, in talking about supply chain is that we've had to deal with... Uh, a huge supply chain crisis. Like one of the things that I, <laughs> that I, t- when I talk to people who work in supply chain, I say, you know, what's been the biggest change for you over, you know, since COVID? Yep. And they say, I no longer have to tell people what I do for a living. Yeah, that's right. Everybody knows. <laughs> so uh, what I'd like to talk about is just something that's sort of entry level for most folks um, and just kind of see where it takes us. So sure. I wanted to talk about, you know, we just went through the worst years of the pandemic. Um, 
we're still dealing with a lot of fallout in a lot of different industries, um, you know, here in the post-pandemic era, air quotes, post-pandemic era. And so I really wanted to think about, you know, what's the next supply chain crisis? What do you think? I mean, what do you think we can anticipate when I say the next supply chain crisis? So what do you think? What does that mean to you? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I, you know, I wish I had the answer to what the next big one looks like. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm not a prognosticator. If I could do that, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. Um, right. But what, <laughs> but what I really, what I really can say is, I feel like you know, as I as I do the retrospective back and think about you know what what COVID did um, is it had a there's been disruptions right that have occurred all the time. There's been yeah um, isolated black swan as they're referred to events right that are significant. They're really rare in nature. They have a major impact, uh, but nothing got to the magnitude of global, right? Nothing mm-hmm. got to the point of everybody, right? And everything was touched by this. Like nothing was right. left untouched. Um, and right. I think it helped companies understand that I need to do a better job of understanding upfront what any type of disruption can do to my supply chain um, right. from, from the smallest, tiniest thing to to something as large as a global pandemic. And so right. can we predict where they're going to come from? We can't. We have mm-hmm. historical information that helps us understand the types of different disruptions so you can get insights and information. But I can't tell you where it's going to come from or what the magnitude right. will be, but I can guarantee you they're going to keep on coming. And so yeah. it's more it's more <laughs> about companies getting prepared to understand before they happen right? If something like this were to happen to me, what is my impact? Can I mitigate that risk, right? And be prepared that I'm not having to respond when it hits me. I've already sort of have, if you want to call it my playbooks in place, to understand right. when these things happen to me, I know what I'm going to go do. So it is sort of like, um, you know, as, as loath as I am to, to use the phrase, expect the unexpected, right? It, it, that's sort of the, that's sort of what's at play. You know, something is going to happen. It's bound to. Right. So what do you do? So how do you prepare for that? Like say, you know, I've got a business manufacturing, uh, pet toys and, um, you know, I've, I've got to source the plastic. I've got to have, uh, you know, place just, ways to get the raw materials to my plants, to manufacture them. I've got to get them out, distribute them, right? Sort of the, the very basics of supply chain. So I know something's going to throw a monkey wrench into that. So what do I do as the owner of this, you know, small dog plastics manufacturer? Um, you know, how do I anticipate that, right? Yeah, I, but I, I think there's a level above that. It's, you know, expect the unexpected. Sure. It's expect the expected, hmm. right? Like there are, there are categories of things that can happen to me. Like my raw material suppliers can go down, mm-hmm. right? My carriers may not be able to ship. Right. Um, I can have, depending on where I'm operating in the world, there's the likelihood of some substantial weather-based event. So <laughs> there are the known knowns, right? right? And what I need to understand is if those do have those known things that happen to me, right? What mm-hmm. does that mean to my supply chain when they happen? Right. Right. So, you know, the number, the number one disruption that's being tracked, right, is mm-hmm. fires. So, oh, like the you know, wildfires? No, fires in factories, fact, fires in distribution centers, like really? literally like inside four well fires 
is one of the, is the number one disruption that a company called Resilink tracks. And it, it has been at the top of the list forever. It's surprising to people. Right? So you, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised. You're telling me that there's a, a company that just tracks warehouse fires? No, it's a company that tracks all disruption-based events. Oh, I see. Okay. And and then they then they're doing the announce. They're they're right. then saying what's the most prominent disruption. And number and the one. last time they published this report, like fires, right? Facility <sighs> fires was the number one thing. Okay. That was a disruption huh. in supply chain. Wow. So the question you got to ask is, you know, what if if I were to lose a facility in my network, mm-hmm. right? For every day that that facility is down, what's my revenue at risk? Right. And is and is that significant? Right. And if I understand the revenue at risk from that facility being down, then the next question is, well, how do I mitigate against that? Mm. And what's the likelihood of that? So do I want to, you know, have duplicate manufacturing capacity? Do I want to have dual sourcing that I could switch on? Do I want to hold more inventory, either in finished goods form or raw materials? So when I know the things that can happen to me. And I can understand if they were to happen, what's the impact? And then what do I want to do about it? That, then I can have myself covered. I can't really cover you know, the unknowns, right. but there's so many known sources of disruptions in the supply chain mm-hmm. that I can actually play a variety of what if and sensitivity analyses to understand what's important to me, what's not important to me, what right. matters, right? Um, and then I could take some pre-planned action, right? Whether they be business continuity plans or playbooks when these things happen. And I'm now well prepared. Most of what I think this is offered up for companies to understand when they do these types of exercises is where do I want to build redundancy, right? In my supply chain, right? Where am I really exposed, right? So we've, mm-hmm. we spend so much time on just running as is and assuming everything is going to be at steady state. Right. And we don't really worry about what should we do when these events happen from the small to the large, mm-hmm. right? I think it's opened up people's eyes that they really need to think about the impact to their supply chain. And is it designed correctly? Yeah. Right? You know, I, I you had mentioned uh, one of the factors and something that we really need to keep an eye on. I mean, it, that's, it, it, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, right? Um, I once saw a, uh, it was an F-16 pilot speak for some sort of motivational event. And he was talking about, you know, you can't just land an airplane or take off, right? There's a whole litany, a whole checklist that you have to go through to, to make sure that you have a successful flight and landing and you do these things in order. And in the military, it's very regimented. And so then he talked about um, the idea of task shedding. Right. He said, because you're not going to start going through that checklist and going through the order when your plane is headed straight down. Right. You're you're headed toward the earth at terminal velocity. And it's all of a sudden (laughs) it's not going to be like, all right, tray tables upright. I don't as you can tell, I know nothing about it fighter jets, but, you know, trade table upright. I'm sure there's check. not a trade table in there. I, I, I think so. Right, right. But it's, you know, check, check, check to this list. He's like, you need to think, what am I going to do to be able to land this and live, right? Is sort of, is the idea. Yep. How do I, how do I save yep. the plane? And so is, is that sort of, it's that sort of how you put this together as you sort of go through that checklist of what you need to be successful, you know, successful completion of tasks to get product well, yeah, I think I think that's an interesting way of saying it. I mean, it, yes, if that event were to happen, and I kind of like I use the word playbook, like when yeah. this happens to me now, what do I do? Mm-hmm. That's sort of the checklist you're referring to. Right. Um, 
But I, but I think the other thing that going through this helps you understand is, you know, that's what I do to respond rapidly, quickly, efficiently when it happens to me. Right. Right. The other side of the equation, though, is what do I do to actually mitigate the impact of that or mm. to avoid it altogether? So, I, you know, I may not be able to avoid that there's going to be an earthquake right. that's going to hit my facility. Sure. Right. Um, but if I know there's a high likelihood that it's going to happen to me and it would be impactful, mm. you know, one is I start asking the question is, do I want to keep my facility there? Right. Or should I move it? But if yeah. I can't move it, should I put a secondary one in place somewhere? So it may be, you know, a, it, it's running, it's running at low volume. It may have capacity to ramp up when I need it. But if that facility goes down, it's on the fault line. I've got some backup plan already operationally in place and good to go. So it's not just about knowing what to do when the disruption happens to you, but it's trying to mitigate the impact of what that disruption will do if it happens. And so that's why you're being proactive. And it's not just playbooks, but you're literally taking actions to put in redundancy, capacity, alternate suppliers, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So it's, it's less about... I mean, you, uh, that, that goes back to what you were saying before, sort of about, you know, expect the unexpected versus expect the expected. So it is sort of right. what's the most likely thing to go wrong. Let's start there. And then, and then you sort of examine that. And I guess, again, to use. And understand change, its impact. I mean, yeah. it, might, it might be the most likely thing that's going to happen to me, but when it happens to my network based on how I have it designed, set up its operating policies, it doesn't really matter. Right. right. I'm, I'm good to go. Right. Um, but, you know, what what I think COVID helped to also understand primarily because of the global nature and how so many supply chains are so interconnected at multiple tiers. Right. It's you know, it's the supplier, supplier, supplier. Mm -hmm. We started to understand how impactful that can be, that it's not just about your direct procurement of what you're buying and selling or you're buying to make your product. Right. It's whoever you're buying it from, they also need to get their raw materials and input. Right. And so this, this exposure to understand, and we didn't really, I think a lot of us that, that have been in the supply chain game for a really long time knew it, mm. but many companies don't know how impactful it is. So when you go down N number of tiers, right. right and you realize that, Hey, that company is now shutting down, right? So therefore, my supplier's supplier is not getting their product and I'm not getting the product. And if I don't get that product, I just lost 50% of my revenue for the month. Mm. You now start worrying about, you know, where my supplier I'm buying from, you know, are there an alter, is it an alternate supplier that's buying from a different price, right? right. Um, what, what can I do to add resiliency into the network? Because that one little thing that's, that's whatever it might be, it's so many tiers away from where I buy, it actually has a significant influence on my business. So now I need to focus on doing something about it proactively. Right. Right. And so this, this understanding of the interdependencies in the supply chain beyond my first level supplier became exposed as super important to understand. Right. And then decide what I can do to mitigate against it. So you know, Joe, I, I, I want to like leave you with the, and, and everyone that's listening in, like it's, it's just not being able to respond. Right. Right. It's not just being able to know when something happens to you. What is my pilot checklist? Yeah. It's trying to understand that. Can I mitigate the impact of when that event or if that event happens? 
that I'm not impacted by it. Right. And I have a different checklist. Gotcha. Right. I've now changed my checklist. Right. So you go from you plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, all the way down to yeah, uh, I mean, bail out. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, I was just, that's so funny that you just said that. Like, that's what I was, you know, I, I might've had a design of my, you know, my plane where, you know, I'm about to go crash and there's not an ejector button. Right. But at some point it'd be nice to know, hey, look, I, I don't want to lose my pilot at the same time that I mm. may lose my plane. So at some point build the ejector button. I've changed my design. Yeah. Right, to mitigate the loss of life. So it's the same kind of thing. If I know up front that this could happen to me, what do I want to mitigate against to reduce the impact? Right. Right. So um, I mean they not only reduce the impact, but but respond more quickly. Like there's two angles of this, right? Which is where resiliency kind of comes in. So you've got plans, but when you get these signals from your supply chain that, you know, maybe you're got too much of inventory or not enough inventory or this supplier is short or this guy's not delivering or your lead times have gone out a long time. Would that be the sort of, okay, that's the unexpected stuff, but with the expected stuff is the stuff that we know not to get involved in ahead of time, like, a you know, building your distribution um, center under a volcano or, um, you know, sourcing parts from one small country that has a lot of, a lot of tension politically. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't, it's a really good question. You make me think about it, but I don't, I, you know, the fact that the supply chain is not performing as expected, or Mm. I have too much inventory or too little inventory or suppliers are going out, like those are all known things. Right. The unknown is I don't know when it's going to happen. Mm, Okay. Right. So it's a known thing that can happen to me. I just may not know when. Right. Right. So, you know, the it's it's still about trying to understand as many possibilities. Like, could you have foreseen that, you know, Russia was gonna go invade Ukraine? Can I can I assess and understand what would happen if I lost supply from Ukraine? I can. I can understand how meaningful that would be. If I was relying on Ukraine to be a source of, of my supply of, of whatever it may be. Right. Um, whether it's raw materials, right. Whether it's, you know, whether, whether they're part of my manufacturing operations, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can assess the impact of losing that. The unknown is possibly what caused it and the prediction of it. So can I predict that it's going to be, you know, Russia attacking Ukraine. Probably can't, right? Right. But when that happens, can I be thoughtful to understand how many different things are there that I could line up? Because if I lose Ukraine's, you know, source of supply, it's impactful to me, whatever causes it, right? And so I need to first understand it is impactful. What's the magnitude of the impact? And whether I want to mitigate against that or not is a function of then my known knowns, right? I, I, and mm. the unknown. I mean, is it something I would have thought about of, you know, Russia invading Ukraine? I don't know. Right. Right. But maybe that right. was not even on my radar whatsoever. But I, mm-hmm. but I do understand that something can take down my operations there across the whole spectrum. Right. Right. Does it matter to right. me or not? So I think the unknowns come from, there are certain sources of disruption that we know and we could put likelihoods mm-hmm. on. And then there's other ones that yeah. are outside that realm. And that's where I look at them as the unknowns, 
right? Or the, the highly unlikelies, right? Um, and so I think the global pandemic is one of those ones that you would say it's, it's a known thing. There's been global pandemics in the past, but no one had it on their mm -hmm. radar, right? No one, thought, right. no one thought that it was important enough to mitigate against because there was a very mm -hmm. low likelihood of it happening. And so, mm -hmm. but when it happens to you, you now are better prepared to understand this could be really impactful. And these are individual business decisions that every business has a different risk tolerance of what they want to do, right? So how much mm -hmm. redundancy do I want to build in? How much extra capacity do I want to build in if that happens to me, right? Because there's a cost right. of building in that, that, you know, kind of increasing my resiliency or decreasing my time to recover. There's a cost to do mm -hmm. all that against the what's if this catastrophic thing happened to me again, and it has such a minor percentage, do I still want to take the risk, right, of not having it in place? Right. But I think first what we run is to understand where, is our, where are our networks vulnerable, right? And mm. what, what is the impact of losing capacity, capability, inventory? Every day I'm down somewhere, what's my impact to my revenue? And understand that if it matters. Then I look at how could it go down, right? How could I lose those operations? Right. And these are the likely things that can happen, right? There's a 10% chance that that location is going to have a fire. There's a 5% chance that it's going to have right. an earthquake. Yeah. I mean, I, so I guess really in all of this, it's the why something is disrupted is less important that the disruption happens and how you react to Correct. it. Correct. How would you describe that? Yeah. Well, I mean, so uh, again, all, all of this is a business-based decision of trying to understand, like, do I want to be a more resilient organization? Right. That's 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 a topical thing that's out there right now that that many, many companies are talking about. Right. How do I build in resiliency? How do I reduce my time to recover? But you have to ask yourself the question, like, is is that important? It could be important if you are exposed right, to a significant impact from the disruption. So conceptually, we mm -hmm. all want to be able to when an event happens to us. So I, we, I look at resiliency is the time to recover back to my normal operational state, right? So before this disruption happened, whatever it is, I was at a certain performance level, right? I was fulfilling demand at a certain level. I had a certain cost profile. It's what I'm expecting and planning to run my business on. Now, now, mm -hmm. I, now I have a fire in my DC in Atlanta, right? Let's just make that up, right? right? And so now yeah. if I can't, if I have no alternative contingency plans, that tell me how I'm going to recover, right? I, I'm going to recover, but while I'm recovering, I'm not serving demand because I didn't set up my alternative warehouse to fulfill it. So I've lost demand along the way. I've lost revenue then along the way. And how long does it take me to get back to, I can get to my normal revenue rate, right? At the cost that right. I'm having. Should you, should you build in the capability that Atlanta is going to go down and I have a built-in capacity plan even though it's more expensive, I won't have as high a profit, I'll have the revenue, right? Right. How do, I, how do I decide and trade that off? That's the kind of analysis that you kind of do in the design world. So it is, it is a combination of looking at resiliency, redundancy, mitigating risks. Um, and, and the way that you know, I look at this is that's a lot of what we're doing in supply chain design and policy setting.
Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Jeff. Uh, this has been great. I would encourage everybody to, uh, to tune into our next one of these, uh, should be coming up soon. And I think, you know, I think resiliency might be a good topic. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Hope you learned All a right. little bit today. I, I did. I, I'm taking notes furiously. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, and great speaking with you. And, um, we'll talk again soon, Jeff. You as well, Joe. Thank you. And that wraps up our journey for today. Supply chain pros. Once again, This is your friendly neighborhood host, Joe Davis, hoping you found our peek into the next supply chain crisis as intriguing and as insightful as I did. A massive thanks, as always, to our guide on this expedition, the ever-knowledgeable Jeff Matursky, VP of Solutions Strategy at Gaines. We hope today's episode gave you some food for thought and equipped you to navigate the ever-changing landscape of supply chains better. So until then, keep learning, keep innovating, and remember, we're all in this together. This is Joe Davis signing off from Gains On. Until next time. Want to stay connected with all things Gains and continue to explore the exhilarating world of supply chain planning and design? Then don't forget to follow Gains On LinkedIn, where you can be part of our growing and vibrant professional community. And for more content, engaging posts, and updates, don't forget to like and subscribe to Gains On on YouTube. Trust us, you won't want to miss what we're sharing. If today's podcast episode left you hungry for even more insights, we've got you covered. Every episode of Gains On is accompanied by a detailed blog post for those who wish to dive deeper into the topic. Whether you're looking to expand your knowledge or find that special morsel of information, our blogs are designed with you in mind. Visit gainsystems.com for more. All the links you need can be found in the description below. Thanks once again for tuning into Gains On, and remember... We're here to help you to code the world of supply chains one episode at a time.